The following is a presentation of Main Street Preps, your source for high school sports in Middle Tennessee. Talking with Ross Fuhawks head coach, Todd Hood. Station Camp assistant coach Chris Bain joins the show to talk about the Bison's 4-0 start, as well as Gallatin and Hendersonville battling in Sumner County's oldest rivalry. And our weekly picks and players of the week. All that and more coming up next. This is Coach Beak with Brady and Zach covering Montgomery and Sumner County football. Here are your hosts, Brady McAtemney and Zach Womble. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Coach Speak. My name is Brady McAtemney. I'm the sports editor at Main Street Clarksfield here covering all of Montgomery County sports. And I am Zach Womble, the sports reporter here in Sumner County, covering sports for the Gallatin News, the Hendersonville Standard, and the Portland Sun. Zach, we got a good show lined up for you this week, guys. Uh, uh, we're finally getting back to the coach part of Coach Speak. I know we only had one coach last week, but we're filling up the schedule again this week. Isn't that right? That's exactly right. Super grateful that Station Camp Assistant Coach Chris Bain is going to join the show to talk about his team and their 4-0 start, uh, as well as other uh, great game action we break down as well this week. That's right. Chris is actually setting uh, Coach Speak history here. He's the first assistant to join the show. That's right. You know what? Sometimes when you don't get the head coach, you just got to move on down the line. I am super grateful to Brent Alexander, who is the head coach for Station Camp, granting us permission to speak with his assistant coaches. You know, sometimes coaches, you know, they want to kind of be the one voice for a program. Grateful that Brent trusts his assistant coach to to join us today to talk about their team. That's right. You said the magic word right there, trust. Uh, I mean, not not every coach might have a guy that they can – give free reign to to go and talk to the uh, the evil media yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and try to get all their secrets out of them. So uh, definitely thankful to have a guy like Brent who, uh, who trusts uh, not only his coach, but, but trusts us. Absolutely. And of course, stick around for our favorite segments, our Player of the Week awards, as well as our pickums for Week 6. That's right, Zach. I know you got some real tough picks to make this week, some incredible games going on in Sumner County this week. Absolutely, I do. It's going to be a tough week. Uh, it's going to be hard to re- uh, replicate that 6-0 and mark last week, but you know what? I'm going to give it my best shot. Next up, we're going to go to our Players of the Week for this week. Uh, I, I have kind of a tough time picking this week, not because there are tons of great players to pick from, but because my schools went 2-6. and six this week I mean it was just it was just a tough week for Montgomery County uh, sports but I think I do have someone very worthy of uh, winning this award uh, we're going to junior Brandon Rushing from Rossview High School uh, he, he carved up West Creek to the tune of 126 yards and two touchdowns on 18 carries that's seven yards per rush um, very very solid performance by the junior Absolutely. I mean, anytime you can carry the ball for seven yards a tote, I mean, that's 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 pretty good. That's healthy. That's a healthy that's, right. that's a healthy total, right? He also had five tackles and an interception. Hey, listen, all over the field, love to see it. That's what players of the week uh, get. You know, when you're when you're all over the field like that, we have no problem highlighting you. Uh, congratulations to Brandon on that award. Uh, moving over to Sumner County, I am going to the game that I was at, Gallatin versus Hendersonville. Wasn't a great game, to be honest with you. After the second quarter started, uh, 7-7 after one, and then Hendersonville just got rolling big play after big play, highlighted by senior running back Torin Baker. Baker finished with 10 carries, 128 yards, and three touchdowns 
in the win. I had a touchdown run of 55, 15, and 10, if I'm not mistaken on the last one. That last one I may have mixed up, but the first two for sure, 55 and 15, are correct. But nevertheless, 128 yards on 10 carries and three touchdowns for Torin Baker, our Sumner County Player of the Week. We welcome in Todd Hood, head coach of the Rossview Hawks, owners of a two-game winning streak. Todd, how you doing today? Hey, good, guys. How y'all doing? We're doing pretty good. So, Todd, you guys are uh, are kind of creeping yourselves back up toward 500 after an 0-3 start against three pretty good football teams. Um, what do you think has changed in these last two games where you've uh, scored 27 and 25 points, respectively, after kind of a slow start offensively? Well, I think we've got our, our offensive line has been really slow to develop. You know, they're very young. And I think each and every game has been a, a great experience for them. They've learned from that. They've gotten a lot better. Uh, and you can tell in, in the way they're blocking. And we've done a few other things just sort of help them out a little bit. And we've went to some different sets. Uh, and I think that's helped us out also. And uh, you can see the production on the field. Yeah, we talked earlier this season about um, really how not just the offensive line, but the whole team is really young. Um, but now that you guys have a couple of wins under your belt, maybe getting a little bit more momentum, where are some other areas that you've seen uh, development? Well, I think our defense has really improved also. I mean, we've got a few young guys over there, uh, but they're playing really well. They're playing as a group. Uh, they're tackling well. They're not giving up big plays. Uh, we're bending from time to time, but we're not breaking. And, and I think that shows – uh, and how we're playing on the field. I think offensively, we're playing a little bit better as a group. Uh, we're moving the ball around. We're uh, using really about four to five different running backs. Uh, and with some of those guys playing defense, it's been a, a huge help for us. And some of the younger guys getting some reps, uh, getting to carry the ball a little bit. And I think you've seen that. Coach Hood, I, I want to go back to your three-game skid to start the season. I'm curious what you learned. What what did you find out or learn about your guys during that during that tough three-week schedule that ultimately has has led you guys to two wins in a row? Well, I think we've just. Uh, I think the biggest thing as far as our scoring has been going is, is just it goes back to the offensive line. We didn't do a real good job blocking. You know, and you, you know, football is about blocking and tackling. So we went back and we used some different sets. We put some different people in there. We, we went to some, uh, you know, three back sets, uh, some things like that to help them out. They're best blockers. You know, Seneca does a great job, uh, at our tight end position. Sam Brown, we brought him over, uh, put him in like a up back position. He's been doing some blocking for us using two running backs and three running backs at different times of the game. Uh, so I think that's been a huge up to our offensive line and, and they've just gotten better. Uh, I think they understand the schemes better. I think their drive blocking better. Their feet's a lot better. Uh, their pass protection has gotten a whole lot better, uh, since the first few games. And, uh, so we're just going to continue to work on that. Coach, you step out of league play this week playing Springfield. I'm, I'm curious how that game came about. I, I'm not, is that a, is that an old rivalry game? I mean, how did you, How'd you get that game with Springfield, and, and what do you know about the Yellow Jackets? Hey, now, listen, it can't be an old rivalry because, you know, we're only like 21 years in, and, uh, you know, Clarksville High is like 100 years in. So uh, <laughs> they have they have a history over there, but we don't, and we haven't played them since I've been here. Uh, but Dustin Wilson does a phenomenal job over there, of course. They've been to the state. They've been to the semis many years in a row. So, uh, so we just got together. It's a very close game. You know, Springfield's probably – you know, 15, 20 miles up the road. 
<laughs> so it's close for both of us. They're a great football team. They're very physical. Uh, so we expect a really tough matchup this Friday. Yeah, Todd, uh, I, I, I'm not sure if you guys went, again, back to uh, Hezzy or Garrett DeMille this past week. Um, but what have you been seeing from each of your quarterbacks? I know you like both of those guys. Uh, you have confidence in both of those guys. Um, what kind of difference does do you, have you seen in the offense uh, when you're running each one of those guys out there? Well, I think, you know, they both bring leaders, leadership. Uh, the team believes in both of them. Garrett has a phenomenal arm. Um, he, he can run the ball some, but really he's really more of a pocket passer. Uh, and I think when we went with Hezzy against Northeast, it wasn't Garrett. It's just that we, the, their defense was given, they was putting six and, and eight and ten guys in the box with zero coverage. So we thought we had to scheme it up a little bit different. Uh, and Hezzy runs the ball real well. So we thought he could be a runner with an extra blocker in the back. So we thought that would help us out. And, and it did. We sort of carried that over a little bit last week, and Gary got some reps through it last week. And we, we, we foresee him getting some reps Friday night. He, he's had a great uh, great Monday at practice. He'll have a good, good couple of days this week, and uh, we'll keep mixing them up. Coach, you've got three more games until your bye week, but that bye week seems like it comes at a really great time before hosting Hendersonville and Beach, who are obviously two region foes. How, how, do you think that bye comes at a perfect time for you guys? You know, I think it does, and I'm going to call them guys and see if we can have about two extra weeks. And maybe, <laughs> we, we might need three weeks to prepare for them, but, uh, yeah, it does come at a good time for us. And, uh, you know, so we'll try to get Springfield. And of course, we go play Gallatin uh, the week after that, which will be a region game. So that'll be a real tough matchup on the road. And then Kenwood, uh, just a few miles up the road before we hit fall break. So that'll give us a chance to heal up a little bit, watch a little video, uh, get some film on the next two opponents and uh, see if we can game plan ahead. Now, Todd, one thing I know that if, if it might not be quite as important as a region championship, but, you know, it, it's it's if it might just be one peg below is winning that city championship. I know your guys are all about doing that, and you guys are not too far off that right now. I know you have the loss to Clarksville, but beating Northeast and West Creek, um, those will help you get uh, get move that needle toward that. Um, is that something that you guys have been uh, excited about um, and kind of focus on a little bit? Well, you know, our kids uh, love to play each other in the city. You know, if it's Clarksville or Northeast or, or you know, Kenwood or West Creek, they, you know, they all know each other. So it's always a big rivalry. And, you know, obviously our kids want to win the city championship. So that Kenwood will be a big <clears throat> be a big uh, game for us, for the city. And uh, we expect to go up there and, and give it everything we got. Coach Hood, I got one more question for you before I hand it over to Brady. Um, you know, you've got a big, you've got three of your final four games in region play. What do you need to see from your guys uh, in this final stretch that get, that will give you confidence that you can make not only make the playoffs but make a run in the playoffs? Well, I mean, we have improved and we're going to continue to improve in, in the running game. And I think the biggest thing for us is uh, mental mistakes. We've in the in the in the you know game against Carson, we had over 100 yards in penalties. We had that again last week, and that really cut some drives short, put us in bad situations. So we've got to do a much better job this week in, in, in our mental preparation as we go into Springfield. Uh, they're a really good football team. You can't play Springfield, beat Gallatin and uh, Hendersonville, make mental mistakes. You can't beat yourself. You, you've got to give yourself a chance to be successful uh, in, in every down and on the defensive side of the ball and, and the special team. So I think the biggest thing, is, it just goes to that, is being mentally prepared, being sharp, Make sure we're getting in the right plays and executing our schemes, and 
I think that'll be the biggest thing for us to improve on. Right, and then uh, Springfield's not necessarily the best team you guys have played that honor probably goes to Riverdale uh, down at Murfreesboro, but Springfield, one of the better teams you guys will have seen at this point in your schedule. Uh, do you think that that's going to be a benefit to you guys having played uh, another very good football team before finishing off that slate with uh, region games? Oh, yeah, you know, like I said, Springfield does a great job. They're great coaching staff, good tradition. Uh, their line is big and physical. They like to run the quarterbacks 215 pounds, 6'3". So he's a runner. He can throw the ball. So yeah, it's going to give us a really good task uh, to try to come out on top of this game. Their defense is solid. They got their defensive uh, backs are real solid. Their defensive line, the linebackers play downhill. They're big hitters. Uh, so we're going to have a, a tall test this week. We're expecting that uh, to be a really good game for us. And obviously, I think that'll help us going into the region play later on. Also. Perfect. Well, Todd, thank you so much for joining us today. It's always good to get you on the horn and uh, have, a, have a talk with about the Roscoe Hawks. Hey, we appreciate it, guys. Go Hawks. We welcome in Station Camp Assistant Coach Chris Bain to the show today to talk about the Bison and their 4-0 start. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Just hoping we can get some decent practice in with the weather around. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty wet and nasty out there, ain't it? Yes, sir. What challenges, you know? What challenges do, does this weather kind of present to you guys? Well, for us, uh, our field house is more of a weight room, so we don't have enough room to actually go out there and practice. Yet. Um, so when we get weather like this, we go outside unless it's lightning or just pouring down rain. Um, and if we can't, we try to schedule the gym, work the, with the other sports around here, and uh, just kind of plan our afternoon practices around whatever is going on. If volleyball has a gym, then we'll go to the weight room first or go watch film first and then go in there after that. But practicing but, in maybe the rain or a downpour has got to be somewhat beneficial, right, in case you just run into those those scenarios and situations on a Friday night? Yeah. I mean, it, it actually – can help you out as long as you use it right uh when we go out there like yesterday we went outside and it was sloppy but uh the kids were actually very focused you know it was kind of one of those things dealing with teenagers you know sometimes they can get a little silly but uh but our kids <laughs> yeah they get silly at start but they know once stretch is over it's time to go they they focus up pretty good for us yeah, playing in the rain, practicing in the rain, there's there, there's not a lot uh, more fun than that, being able to slip and slide in your round. But as far as diving into this interview, Coach Bain, you know, you've been a part of this station camp staff before Coach Alexander was hired in, so I feel like you're the perfect guy to ask this question. But what has been the biggest difference or the, the, the biggest change um, since when you first got hired onto the station camp staff to, to this year? Honestly, uh, I mean – we could talk for an hour on that one question, to be honest with you. Uh, but last year, coming in, new staff, you know, you had the COVID stuff. We didn't have as much practice. Um, we didn't really get a chance to implement what we wanted to do as a staff. And uh, this year, our kids, the biggest difference this year is back and started back in January. Our kids bought in 100% to the weight room. Uh, and what we're trying to accomplish there, you know, we were trying to get our kids, some of them to put on some weight, some of them get stronger. Um, and probably the biggest thing overall, though, is just the overall 
discipline inside and outside of the school building. We just flat out tell our kids, we preach it to them all the time, if we can't depend on you in the classroom, then we can't depend on you on Friday night. And uh, and they've bought into that. So our kids, the grades are up, the discipline's up. You know, we're getting compliments all the time from the, from the teachers in the building. Uh, man, they're active right in class. They're doing good. They're trying to be leaders in the classroom. That's just one of our biggest emphasis. You know, Coach Alexander says it's the best. Is If we can't depend on you in the classroom, how can we depend on you on Friday night? And, and the kids have bought into it. That and probably another big thing is uh, senior leadership. We've got 29 seniors, and uh, they've, they've been through it all since they've been here, you know, from freshman year to this year. And a lot of them started as sophomores and juniors. So they've kind of seen the transition, you know, from where we was at to where we're at now. And they just kind of made up their own little thing. Our seniors say, why not us? And, uh, and they bought into that. Coach so Bain, really I am curious. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, I was just going to really all the, all the credit is to the kids, you know, just, just buying into what we're trying to do. And, uh, you know, and just the senior leadership has is, is really been phenomenal this year for us. Coach Bain, it's no secret you guys went 24 uh, consecutive regular seasons or regular season games without a win, um, and so a lot of a lot of hurdles for for programs I've learned that go through that is the biggest hurdle is trying to learn or figure out how to win, and once right. you do that, the ball can kind of get rolling. I'm curious to know from your vantage point, when did you guys learn how to win? What was it? Was there well, a play? Was there a moment? I mean, obviously you win the first game of the season at White House, but in that win, like. When did you learn how to win? To me, you know, me personally, and I bet if we sat down as a staff, most of the staff would tell you the exact same thing. We we knew going into the White House game, that was a big game for us to set up the season because you don't want to say that to the kids and everything, but, you know, they, they were young the last few years too, and they beat us both years. And uh, we've had it, we had it posted up all summer, you know, all spring practice. Uh, about White House, and uh, the kids just were like, "We're, we're going to beat them this year," you know. And if if there was one play that I think really kind of turned that game, we got an interception on about the it was right at the forty yard line of our forty yard line, and then the very next play we come out on offense and Parker threw a you know bomb down to Aiden Murray down the sideline and he caught it at the three yard line. And it was just like right then our kids were like, man, we can do this. You know, and then we punched it in the end zone, uh, on the next play. And it was, you could just see the, you could see the kids on the sideline, the kids on the field. They're like, man, they started to believe. And then probably after that was, you know, the next week we're playing Hillsboro. And I think me and you had talked about that. They were going to come in angry and, and, you know, talent wise, they're, they're probably better than we are talent wise. Uh, but we challenged our kids, especially on the defensive side. We said, you know what? We're not going to sit back. We're going we're going to get after them. We're going to go after them. And they believed in the game plan. And it was it was the very first quarter we blocked a punt person and scooped and scored. And from that moment on, we've just kind of you know done really good. And and I think that belief really showed up in the White County game because we didn't play very good. And, and they're a really really good team. White County is they're they're Kind of unknown around here, but you know you could you could call Coach Perry up about you that he's going to tell you the same thing. Those boys are good over there, and uh, you know we turned the ball over five times against them and still managed to win that game. 
and that just kind of showed us as coaches, okay, our kids have bought in, they're believing, they're willing to lay it all on the line for each other. And uh, so really, you know, really it's kind of multiple things, but it really all goes back to the White House game to me. Uh, you know, losing to them the last two years, and then uh, just coming out and our seniors pushing everybody all off season. So that's the one we got to get. And uh, and since then things have been going good. Yeah, and uh, speaking of going good, you guys were able to pull off the win against that uh, green and yellow G school, um, one of the, one of your bitter rivals. Um, now you got that win, but then kind of had the bye week after. Do you think that that bye week was maybe poorly timed? You know, maybe killing a little momentum, or do you think that you know you guys are not going to have much problem with that? You know, we 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 discussed that actually this weekend in our meeting. Um, what we thought about that, coaching staff. And it's kind of a mix. Um, you would like to keep playing because you're on the road. But at the same time, we were starting to get a little banged up. So hopefully it, it, it comes back. And, and then last week, the weather wasn't great either last week. So we didn't get to practice a whole lot outside. Uh, I would have personally rather keep playing. I'd rather not even have a bye week, uh, just for situations like this. But, um, so there's good and bad. It kind of came at a good time. Because, you know, we played back-to-back game. White County's very physical. Gallatin's very physical. You know, so it, it gives us kind of that week before we start hitting the home stretch. Uh, on the flip side of that is we won't really know until this Friday night what kind of effect it had on the momentum. Right, right. And then uh, this game against West Creek this week um, is going to be your, your first home game in nearly a month. Um, what's it like having that kind of gap in between being able to play in your own yard? Really strange. <laughs> I, you know, I've been doing it for a while, and uh, I don't know if I've ever had this long of a stretch as a coach not playing at home. Um, so, but but on the you know on the good flip side of that is is our kids went out on the road, won three games. You know, to start the year three or four games were on the road, um, so they're not afraid to go into another place. And, you know, we typically teams play better at home than they do on the road. Uh, and I thought probably our best game was against Hillsboro when we played it at home. Um, hopefully we get that momentum back for home because we've got, now we've got four home games in a row. Uh, start with West Creek coming in Friday. Coach, I, as a Sumner County guy, I cannot have a station camp coach on and not ask this question. So I've got to ask you, uh, you know, Brady, Brady alluded to it. You, you take down your bitter rival, the green and gold, uh, green wave. What did that win mean for the station camp community? Well, you know, we, we tried to play it off with the kids as, you know, it's just another game, but then each day they, they came up practicing, you know, our kids started getting a little antsy, uh, people in the community in the school were like, man, big game Friday night against Gallatin, you know, and, and so we just kind of embraced it about halfway through the week and said, you know what, this is going to be a big game for us in our community. And, uh, you know, we, I, my first year here is the last time we beat them. Uh, we beat them on that field goal in overtime. Um, for us, to 2018. Yep, 2018. And for us to beat them at Gallatin, uh, is actually, it's really huge for the school, the kids in here, the teachers, you know, in the community in itself. Um, you know, no win's really bigger than the other one, but for our community and for our school, that's a, that's a pretty big win. You know, I'll just say it like it is. Uh, Mr. Crook, you know, he's, he's an awesome principal. He was so fired up after the game. Um, he got in there with the kids, 
um, you know, we even had to get him to get in the end zone with the kids, and he was he was just very excited for us. And uh, but yeah, it, it was a big win for us. Let's just we'll call it like it is. Coach, you guys are having your best season since 2007, a program that is not used to being in this position, right? So how do you right. keep your guys level-headed uh, going into a into a game that uh, probably should be yours and then, you know, also building off of that, keeping your guys level-headed? How do you keep them from looking ahead to a potential, you know, if you're looking at the schedule, you're thinking if things go right, we could end the, end the season – you know, possibly ten and zero, nine and one. So, a, how do you keep them level headed, and b, how do you keep them from looking ahead? Well, that's that's a coach. Uh, one of the, my old coaches contacted me after the Gallatin win, and and he said it right. He's like, now's when the real coaching begins, and and it's for that reason right there. You got to find a way to keep the kids focused. Um, one thing I will say about our our team is, is our team has slowly turned into a player led team. Which is, you know, what you want as a coach. Um, and our, our seniors, like yesterday, they didn't allow any goofing off here in practice. They, you know, we have fun in practice, but we're serious. And it was like you would have thought yesterday we're practicing, get ready for the state championship game. You know, it, that was the focus of the practice yesterday. So I'm not really concerned about staying focused. Um, we, and we have, we have team goals. I mean, you know, we have some team goals that we're trying to meet. And uh, in order to do that, the kids know, you know, you got to stay focused every week. It don't matter who you're playing uh, because it, it, it only gets tougher from here on out. Yeah, you know, you talk about staying focused. That's not something you're worried about. Um, but looking at the schedule, um, you know, I'm familiar with West Creek being a Montgomery County guy myself. And, um, right. you know, with all due respect to them, I know that they're not the stiffest competition you guys are going to play this season. <laughs> and with uh, with district games against Mount Juliet and Wilson Central coming up immediately following them, is there any concern that, you know, some guys might overlook this uh, Coyotes team? There is. Uh, you know, and that, that's our job as coaches to make sure that they stay focused on West Creek. Uh, you know, also it's homecoming this week for us, and that's a concern. Uh, you know, we've, we've preached that. Always back last week in the bye week. Don't don't let this be a distraction. That we still have a job to do on Friday night, um, and you know that is a concern. Um, like I said, I, I think with our seniors, I, I think our seniors are going to stay focused on West Creek. And you know it's like it's like against the law to mention the night game after that. You know we we kind of put in a rule that you hear some college teams do, you know, you get 24 hours. We give them 24 hours to watch film on the previous night, and then it's on to the next opponent. Uh, and, you know, they bought in on little things like that. And uh, so I think I think between our coaching staff and our senior leadership that we will stay focused because West Creekman, they you know, they've got some kids. If we don't block and tackle, we're in for a dogfight. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of speed on the edge. Uh, that's one thing that we're we're really not that fast as a team. We just we try to play real disciplined as a team. Coach, one of the best stories in the mid state, certainly Station Camp four and zero, having their best start to the season since two thousand and seven. Going to try to get to five and zero this week as West Creek comes to town. And who knows if things bounce right, they could be the second team in Tennessee high school football history to go from zero and ten to ten and zero. We'll just have to see how it plays out. Coach Bain, thanks so much for joining us today on Coach Speak. Yes, sir. Anytime. I appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. All right. Have a good one.
Up next on Coach Speak, one of our favorite segments to do each week, and that is our pickums. Uh, you can, of course, check out our columns on MainStreetPreps.com. But as far as for the recorded version, we're going to dive right in at my first game, and that is a non-league game. Uh, actually, let me say this first. Uh, all eight of my county teams are, are are not in league action this week. They're all stepping out out, out of conference and uh, with four going on the road. Uh, starting with the first one, Beach on the road at Summit. These two teams meet for the first time since last season's Class 5A quarterfinal round matchup that saw the Summit Spartans leave Shackle Island with a 38-35 all-time classic victory en route to a state championship win. Listen, Destin Wade, quarterback for the Spartans, is headed to Kentucky with his brother Keaton Wade, linebacker, outside linebacker slash defensive end. Uh, Summit has a high-powered offense, a great offensive line. Uh, Brady Pierce on the outside, who is overlooked as a wide receiver, uh, will make somebody's team happy come uh, Saturdays in the fall after he graduates. This is a very talented Summit Spartan team. While I do think Beach is also talented and could keep it close, I think Summit's talent will eventually overwhelm Beach, and they will run away with a victory over the Buccaneers, 38-24. to Yeah, I mean, I was picking that game for our mid-state picks, and I mean, as good as Beach is, Summit just feels like a different animal this year. But, uh, they do, absolutely. Uh, moving ahead to my picks, I have a similar case this week. All but one of my games are non-region. Uh, but we're going to start off with a fun one. This is going to be the Northeast Eagles at the Carsville Wildcats. Now, these t- two teams met twice last year, including with um, in the postseason with a chance to get to the quarterfinals. And Northeast won that game, uh, You know, similar to like what Zach just said. That game was an all-time classic. Um, but this year, things are a little bit different. Northeast is on a four-game losing streak after starting the season with a, a blowout win of West Creek. Um, and Clarksville is coming off a blowout loss at uh, Beach. Um, so both of these teams are reeling a little bit. This is one of those games that, you know, you just really want to win for separate reasons because Northeast is wants to stop this skid and Clarksville wants to get back in, in the win column. And uh, this is also an old rivalry game. I mean, these are both city uh, uh, Clarksville teams. Uh, these are teams that want to win the city. Um, these are these are just teams that really, really just need wins right here. Um, however, of course, will be in the home team, being the team that I've seen uh, more discipline out of this season. I'm going to go with Wildcats beating the Eagles 24 to 20. Looking at my looking at my next game, uh, we've got Gallatin on the road at Cookville. Gallatin one and three on the season. Cookville one and four. Uh, so not a great matchup in terms of records. Um, I think it could be a low scoring contest. Listen, I, I've seen Gallatin a few times this year, and I'm just not sure what's going on offensively. It's whatever it is. I don't think it's working very well. Um, I guess I should say that you know, obviously, I'm not as experienced of a coach as Chad Watson and his staff. But it just seems like something is wrong offensively. They like to run the football over and over and over again. And when you think they're done running, they're going to run some more. Um, so schematically, there's no there's no secret. Gallatin wants to try to run the ball on Cookville, make it a short game. Uh, the Cavaliers are giving up 22 points per game through five contests. Brady, uh, to be quite honest with you, I have bounced back and forth on who to pick. Um, I'm going to give out a pick, and I'm not even 100% sold on it just yet, but I'm going to do it anyway. I am going to pick Cookville simply for being at home 21-14 to 14 over the Green Wave. Well, we'll put a subject, sub, sub, subject to change sticker on that yeah. one and move on. Yeah. 
Um, we're looking at the uh, Springfield Yellow Jackets by visiting the Ross View Hawks in this one. We talked to Todd Hood earlier. The Ross View is a team that has made great strides since week one. Um, and they're coming off uh, two straight wins. Uh, whereas Springfield lost kind of a bizarre game a couple weeks ago to um, Wilson Central, but they rebounded by just crushing Kenwood. Um, now, granted, Kenwood didn't have their starting quarterback, and that is going to affect them quite a bit. He's a three-year starter, so that really kind of knocked Kenwood off their uh, center of gravity. Um, but Springfield still got that win in a huge way. Um, now, that means both squads are turning upwards. Um, Rossi is the home team in this one. They're a 6A team against a 5A team. However, um, I think Springfield is just the better team. Springfield's got a pretty good squad this year. They're not the best squad that they've had in the last couple of years, but still a pretty good team. Um, I think it's going to be low scoring, and I think Springfield's going to take it 20 to 10. Another uh, fun out-of-conference game this week, we've got Hendersonville hosting Ravenwood. The Commandos 3-1 against Ravenwood 4-1. Uh, again, I think this could be one of the best games in Sumner County this week. Um, the Raptors, are, of course, are led by uh, quarterback and FSU commit Chris Parsons, as well as Michigan commit defensive back Miles Pollard. So seeing Pollard versus Ellis Ellis will, will be a fun matchup. Mm-hmm. And one I wanted to see, I'm just not going there this week, but I think Nevertheless, for Andy Telly, who's going to cover the game for us, I think he's going to have a lot of fun covering that game and seeing that matchup. I think that's too. Uh, Pollard, of course, going to Michigan, I think, and I think Ellis Ellis, the athlete for Hendersonville, will end up playing FBS football somewhere. So two future Division One football players uh, against each other should make for a really fun game Friday night. Listen, I'm high on Hendersonville. I, I've seen them two weeks in a row against Beach and Gallatin. Um, and I think they're clicking, man. I think they're rolling at the right time. They've got plenty of playmakers that can that can make you pay. They've got an offensive and defensive line that can control the line of scrimmage. And while I do think Ravenwood will get theirs, and they have been on a tear since their opening uh, week loss of the season, winning four games in a row, uh, I like Hendersonville in this one, man. And I think people might think I'm crazy, but I do think the Commandos shocked the Mid-State a little bit this Friday night by beating Ravenwood 38-31 to and moving to 4-1 and on the season. That's going to be a heck of a game. Anytime you get that many uh, Power Five type guys in the same field, I mean, you're you're due for a heck of a football game. Um, moving on, I've got the Northwest Vikings facing the Overton Bobcats. Um, Overton's coming off a of bye week, so they've had a little extra time to prepare for Northwest, uh, whereas Northwest is just coming off, you know, kind of a stinker against Henry County. But I mean, it's the Henry County Patriots, man. They, I, I've, I've said it before, they kind of own this city when it comes to uh, football. Um, and Northwest, unfortunately, is just, um, it's just it's just not their year this year. Um, so I said in my pick'em, uh, my write-up of this. Uh, so if you go read it, you'll see, you know, a pretty similar thing here. Um, this game is probably going to mostly be inconsequential um, in the grand scheme of things because it's not a region game. These aren't really, you know, old-time rivals. This just kind of seems like one of those games that, like, you know, a week from now, people are going to be like, "Oh, that's right, that game happened." Um, you know, not to downplay it because, you know, a win is going to be a win for whichever team gets this game. But overall, this one could get lost in the shuffle. Um, for Northwest, you just kind of want to get some things to build on, stay healthy, and move on. Uh, but that said, I'm going to take Overton to win 28-6. to Moving on to another tough game to pick. We've got the Portland Panthers 3-2 and hosting Macon County 4-1. and Portland, a Class 5-18. Macon County, Class 4-18. 
Uh, but it's going to be a good game, nevertheless. These are two physical football teams that like to run the football. So this game could be over in an hour and a half, two hours maybe, Brady. So uh, that, that could be uh, going for whoever is covering the game for us. But uh, as far as like this game breakdown, I think it's going to be really close. Um, I've got it at a seven-point game. I do think Portland gets off to their best six-game start since 2005 when they started the season 5-1. and one. Listen, I like their running game, Portland's. So I like their offensive and defensive line. And listen, their defense made a stop last week when they had to against the Northeast uh, against Northeast on the two-point conversion. So I am picking Portland to carry that momentum over Macon County 28-21. to 21. That's right. And now moving on to the only game that we have as a crossover between the two of us this week, the West Creek Coyotes and the Station Camp Bison. Uh, we have Station Camp ranked number 23 in the Main Street Preps Mid-State Poll. Um, that's how good of a season that they're having, man. They're they're in they're the same conversation right now. Maybe not the same conversation, but they're in the same list as teams like Summit and Ravenwood and Hendersonville. I mean, they're just having a really good year. Uh, whereas West Creek is, um, you know, we heard from Coach Bain, you know, West Creek's got some guys that can get into space, break off some big plays. Um, but I just don't think that they're going to have what it takes to beat Station Camp this week. Um, that Bison, they're just... They're they're a heck of a team, and they have they do have a common opponent. Opponent, both teams played uh, the Green Wave. Um, the Bison won that game by 14. The Coyotes lost by 42. So I don't think that uh, West Creek is going to have too much of a chance in this one. I'm giving it to the Bison 30 to zero. Yeah, I mean, much like you, Birdie. I mean, I think you know West Creek will will come in and um, kind of help Station Camp get off that rust that they that they maybe have garnered from the bye week, right? Perfect po- opponent to play after a bye week as you get ready to head down the stretch. No no, you know, no shot at West Creek. It just is what it is. The Bison 4-0 are looking good. They're they're a different football team with a different mentality. Uh, as you mentioned Chris Bain came on the show to talk about West Creek and you know, they do they can present problems if if Station Camp isn't sound. Uh, but that said, man, I think Station Camp is is on a roll right now and I think they've got uh, some some lofty goals set for themselves. And, and yes, they do have a very big region matchup with Mount Juliet looming the next week at home. And I'm sure, uh, you know, the players are probably looking at that. But nevertheless, I, I think Station Camp is going to come out on top this week, 38-7. to So uh, we, we got similar outcomes there, whether they win by 30 or 31. We'll yeah, see. we'll see. Um, now looking at my next game, uh, we have the Kenwood Knights uh, visiting the Shelbyville Central Golden Eagles. Um, now, the Golden Eagles are 1-3, but that's deceptive because they've played Tullahoma, Marshall County, Coffee County, and Riverdale. So those are our four. That's, that's, that's a tough schedule that they've played so far, whereas Kenwood hasn't exactly played the same level of competition. Um, Kenwood, like I mentioned, got just beat real bad last week against Springfield. Uh, it, was, it was an ugly football game for them. Um, but they were missing Jalen Washington, who should be back on Friday. Now, whether that's going to make a huge difference in this game, we'll see. Because I think Shelbyville is just the better team here. While, while this isn't going to be the best team that Kenwood has seen so far, I mean, they have faced Henry County, um, the Yellow Jackets, and Green Hill, who is having a bit of an up season. Um, I just... I just think that they're going to be a bit too much. I think it'll help Kenwood in the long run because, um, you know, Les Greer likes to schedule these good football teams to go and face. I mean, they faced Oakland a couple years ago. I mean, and it doesn't get a lot better than that. Um, so credit to Les Greer and the Knights for going on and, and facing these good teams. Um, and I think that, like like I said, that's going to help them in the long run. But in this one, I've got Shelbyville winning 41-15. 
Moving on to my next game, I've got Westmoreland 0-5 on the road at Clay County 4-0. And Westmoreland has struggled this year, Brady. I, you know, I thought they could have a really good year uh, in league play. And overall, I think I may have picked them to go 7-3 at the start of the season. Obviously, that's not going to happen starting your season out 0-5. Um, they have struggled offensively, Brady. Since their week one 28-point outburst against Portland, They've gone six points, zero points, zero points, seven points. So, so offensively, not clicking, not finding their way. Uh, and going up against a Clay County team that has two shutouts and has not given up more than 12 points in any game this season. So Friday night could spell disaster if you're a Westmoreland fan. Uh, this Clay County offense averaging just shy of 32 points per game. Um, listen, they are clicking. The Bulldogs are out of Salina, Tennessee, and I think they continue to click this week hosting the Eagles as uh, Clay County walks away with the victory 21-7. to Up next, we have the Fayette Academy Vikings visiting the Clarksville Academy Cougars. Now, Clarksville Academy's perfect season came to an end this past Friday against Nashville uh, Christian. Um, of course, Nashville Christian, a very good football team. They're, they're going to be in the mix uh, for the uh, Class A championship. Um, I should say the D2A championship. Um, and Clarksville Academy, you know, they, they lost by a decent amount, but it was still one of the better games that they've played against the Eagles in recent years. So um, it does kind of further the notion that this is one of the better Clarksville Academy teams we've had in recent years. Um, whereas Fayette Academy, um, any team, anytime that they face a, uh, a team that's, you know, halfway decent like Clarksville Academy is, um, they've kind of gotten squashed. Whereas Clarksville Academy is the one who has been doing the squashing of those teams. Um, Fayette Academy in their last three games has allowed at least 41 points. Whereas Clarksville Academy's strength is their offense. Um, so I didn't have to put too much thought into this one. I've got the, uh, the Cougars bouncing back, winning this one 52 to zip. Speaking of not putting a lot of thought into a matchup, we're going to go to White House at Sycamore. The Blue Devils 4-1 visiting the winless War Eagles. Listen, White House has impressed me uh, since their week one loss to Station Camp, winning four in a row. Uh, the Blue Devils seem like they're clicking on all cylinders. Uh, and, and, and Reese McAfee and Rainey Blackburn are proven to be two great playmakers for the Blue Devils out of the backfield. Uh, Bryson Harper, a really good do-it-all guy who can who can make big plays down the field through the passing game. Defensively, um, they're really, really sound. I just think that this game's going to be over in a hurry, and I think you get a lot of guys uh, playing time that maybe don't get playing time uh, during a typical week. I've got White House winning easily 42-14 to 14 over Sycamore. Now, last but not least here, I've got the still undefeated Montgomery Central Indians going to face the Creekwood Hawks. Now, looking at Creekwood's schedule, they've kind of, they're reminding me of what Montgomery Central was last year, a team that got off to a decent start, but the offense just kind of fell off, and uh, they've really been struggling in the last couple weeks. Now, granted, they've had some tough games. They've played Tullahoma. They've played Pearl Cone. Those are going to be hard games to win every single time. But um, Creekwood has scored just 17 points in their last four games. It shows that that offense is uh, struggling right now. They're having a bit of a down year. You know, Creekwood in the past has had some very good football teams. Um, and on the flip side, this Montgomery Central is really having one of their better years, better seasons in recent years. Um, I, I mentioned Creekwood having scored just 17 points in their last four games. Well, Central has allowed 12 points in the same span. So I think that uh, the Indians are going to be able to stifle the Hawks and win this game 28-0, keeping that undefeated season alive. 
looking at my final game is the game that I will be in attendance for this week. Going to see Pope John Paul for the first time this season as they host Battleground Academy, who is three and two. Pope Prep, of course, four and one, suffering their first loss of the season last week on the road at Baylor, forty-two to twenty-one. Um, you know, Pope John Paul did carry a lead at one point in this game, 21-14, and then Baylor just exploded in the second half and, and really took over this football game. But uh, that doesn't shake my confidence on the Knights. I still think they are a very good football team that has a very potent offense led by Kenny Minchie, quarterback Elijah Robb, running back, and Colin Cook on the outside at wide receiver. I think they can score a lot of points, but it's defensively that worries me a little bit, Brady. Uh, they've gone 28 points given up, 22 points given up, 14 points given up, 38 points given up, 42 points given up. I know they're suffering a little bit of the injury bug right now, especially in the defensive secondary. And Justin Geisinger, Pope Prep head coach, will tell you that his box, his front seven, are as good as anyone in the mid-state. It's just in their secondary, they've struggled to stay healthy this year, most notably missing All-State preseason selection Jackson Noble from the safety position. So anytime you lose an All-State guy in your secondary, it's going to be tough uh, through the air. But nevertheless, it feels like they're starting to uh, get their guys back. It feels like they're starting to gel a little bit. And like I said, even though they lost last week, that doesn't hinder my confidence in them. That said, BGA is not the same BGA football team that we have seen in recent years. They are 3-2 and two with wins over Nolansville. Nashville Christian, who you mentioned, is, will be a player in D2 single A. And Davidson Academy, who won three straight gold balls before bumping up to Division II double A. Their two losses coming to Ravenwood. And the only real big loss that they had was at CPA 23-6. They only lost to Ravenwood by four. So, you know, I was talking to Justin Geisinger, and he was the first one to tell you they've got some really good backs that can make you pay if you are not sound uh, on the defensive side of the football. They can throw the ball down the field. So that secondary will be tested. Uh, but that said, listen, I like Pope John Paul. I've liked them all season long. I've said, you know, I made the preseason statement that they were going to go 7-3 and three and make their way to the semifinals in D2-3A. And I'm not jumping off the Pope John Paul, the second bandwagon, just yet. While I do think they will be tested Friday night against a good BGA team, I'm still rolling with them 42-31 over Battleground Academy. Thank you guys again for tuning in to another week of Coach Speak. We absolutely love having these uh, conversations with you guys, and we're glad that you're enjoying them as well. Absolutely. It's a fun, fun podcast. I'm glad we decided to get together and do it. We had a lot of fun in basketball season. I figured we'd have just as much fun during football season. And we were right about it. I mean, it's been a good time. I think we get good guests. And uh, it's always fun highlighting our players of the week and, and doing our pick'em. So until next time, guys, we'll talk later. Talk to you later, guys. You've been listening to Coach Speak with Brady and Zach, the latest in high school football from Montgomery and Sumner Counties. For more on high school sports in Middle Tennessee, visit MainStreetPreps.com.